1: To give yourself materially, one thing to give yourself physically, you know, to work. It's one thing to put yourself out there and work, 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 work. But are you given of your heart affection? Are you given it of your heart? Is your heart in the right place when you do that? Because if you're doing it and your heart's not in the right place, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Your relationship with God is not right. You should be doing it willingly and out of love for God. Why? Look what he
0: did for you. Has serving the Lord ever felt like a chore to you? The truth is that everybody can answer yes to that. If that's where you are, ask yourself if you're serving out of either obligation or love for God. In today's message, Pastor Dave will teach you that truly serving the Lord begins not with your actions, but in your heart. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 29 as he begins his message, David's reign comes to an end.
1: We are in 1 Chronicles 29, the last chapter in this marvelous book of Chronicles. Let's begin with a word of prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given us to study your word. Oh, how blessed we are, Lord, to know that these words on these pages are your breath breathed by your spirit, Through the hearts of men, and as they wrote these down, Lord, according to your word. And we have it in this format that we actually can read these words, Lord, written thousands of years ago. What a blessing it is to know that these are your words and that we can learn from them. They're just as true today as they were the day they were penned. Lord, let us have joy in our hearts, a joy unspeakable, Father God. So, Father, as we read these words now, help us, Lord, to look at them and Point out what you have in store for us. We thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So we made our way through this history lesson, all of the genealogies and all of the names that we went through. We looked at chapter 28, and the writer was describing King David's desire to build the temple for God. David lived in a palatial palace. A very ornate, incredible place filled with gold and all sorts of things. And he felt weird because he was living there and God basically lived in a tent. And he said, something's wrong with this picture. So he had this desire to build the temple. We learned the reason why David was not allowed to build the temple. And he tells that to the leaders of Israel. He says, the Lord told me I'm a man of war. And I have blood on my hands, so I couldn't build his temple because his temple was going to be a place of rest. We know that David was telling the Levites and the chief priest of Jerusalem, he had a desire, but God said no. And then he went on to tell them that it was very, very important for them, the leaders of the nation Israel, and I think this is important for us too, to be determined and steadfast in your service to God. We also need to take something from this and whatever the Lord has shown you to do, whatever the Lord has given you the ability to do, and it might be a job, it might be going to school, it might be whatever, whatever the Lord has given you the ability to do, we should be determined and steadfast in our service to whatever we're doing because indeed we're serving the Lord through that. And that should be our heart's desire is to serve the Lord, to give Him glory. Because after all, if you have a job, I'm going to say it, the Lord gave you that job. And, you know, if you have a family, the Lord gave you that family. Whatever it is that you're doing, the Lord gave that to you, and He gave you the ability to do that. So David said, in order for things to work properly, the first and foremost thing we have to have is a strong relationship with God. If your relationship with God is not solid, I'm going to guarantee you that everything else is going to pale short. Everything else is going to fall away and have problems. And this is when problems happen in our lives, when we are not strong in our relationship with the Lord. And I found that out in my own life. When I'm struggling with something or something seems to be going wrong, all of a sudden I realize it's not about what's going on. It's about me being strong and strengthened in the Lord. And the more I get back to the Lord, the more I strengthen myself with the Lord, the more things make sense to me and the better I can handle things and know that God wants me to do certain things. So it's important. He gives us the strength. He gives us the divine grace to do these things, to accomplish any task. David talked that religion he said, is made up of two various elements. And I don't like the word religion as such, but the relationship that we have with God is basically divided into two elements. It's knowledge of Him through His word and worship of Him. And we do both things here. We just worship the Lord and now we're going to have knowledge of Him. So you have the two elements here. And we know there are more elements involved, like the breaking of bread or the prayer. We know that those are important too. But we have to know God. We have to serve Him willingly and happily in both ways. And our heart needs to be in that mindset when we serve the Lord because we talked about this. God knows your heart. And if you're not serving Him with a clean heart, pure heart, full heart, well, then you're really serving Him in error. And God knows that. So when we serve Him, we serve Him gladly, willingly. And we lay our lives down willingly and gladly. And he recognizes that. Knowledge of God sometimes can't be understood. And convincing is hard for us sometimes. But according to David, we need to be willing to listen and learn from God. And I've said this before. Every one of us, including anybody who is on this stage or anybody in this ministry that's a pastor or a leader or whomever, none of us are above anybody else. We all need to be teachable. We all need to have a teachable heart. The day I stop learning, Lord, take me home. I want to continue to learn more of you and grow closer to you. So I think this is what David's saying. And this is all done through revelation. God reveals himself to us through his word. In the Old Testament, Jesus is concealed. In the New Testament, Jesus is revealed. So God reveals himself to us through his word. And in these last days, he has spoken to us through his beloved son. And so we have this revelation. We looked for his mercy and we should cherish his mercy. And his mercy should lead us to repentance and godly sorrow in our hearts. This is what happened to David. When David sinned, and you know David sinned mightily. He sinned harshly. But because of God's mercy and because of God's grace, he was drawn back into the right relationship with God because he confessed his sin. Lord, unto you and you alone have I done these things. And he knew God forgave him because through the prophet Nathan, Nathan told him, God has forgiven you. But here are the consequences. And David said, Well, God has forgiven me. David basked in God's love. Read the Psalms. David's basking in God's love. He's like sitting on the beach with one of those things under his cheek. He's taking everything in that God wants for him, man. He's basking in the love of God. Do you do that? When we do that, we learn to walk in his commandments. And what are his commandments? His commandments aren't burdensome. David had to walk in the 10 commandments and the 600 and some odd commandments that followed. We now have to walk in the commandments that Jesus has given us. What did Jesus say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then he puts a caveat to you. Love one another as I have loved you. Wow. And that's what we're supposed to do. Then David talked about The temple how it was going to be a sacred thing. And he gave instructions to Solomon, who was going to rule after him. And besides these literal instructions, he told him that the Lord was going to be with you. You don't have anything to be afraid of. You don't have to be alone, because God is going to be with you. And I can say the same thing to you right now. No matter what you're going through, the harshest of times, the best of times. God hasn't changed. He's still with you. He still loves you. He's still pouring his grace out upon you. And we need to recognize that. These words of David must have given his son Solomon great hope, great faith, and great sustenance. And I hope today that these same words are giving you great hope, great faith, great substance. I hope that that is. And it was pointed out to me last week when we were talking about the temple, about David had the plans of the temple. And I overlooked this verse, and Bill pointed out to me after this study, and it's in verse 19 of chapter 28. We were talking about David and the plans that God had for the temple. And in verse 19, it says, All this, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me. All the works of these plans. Wow. This is how David had knowledge of what the temple was going to look like. God had his hand on him. And it's almost like God made these plans and gave them to David. Can you imagine that? I mean, sometimes I get weird holding the word of God. It's weird, but can you imagine having something that God wrote on and gave you? I think of Moses and the Ten Commandments when he took those stones. Can you imagine? Oh, thank you, Lord. Okay, thank you very much. I mean, come on. They're coming from the Lord. They're coming from the Lord, so it's a beautiful thing. And as we came to the conclusion now of this history lesson, because that's what I told you that 1 Chronicles was. It was a history lesson. David presents gifts. He's going to present all the things that he collected now to Solomon and to the people of Israel so that they now can build this temple. David has done a mighty work getting all these things together. So now he's ready to present them to his son Solomon because he knows that his time is short. He knows that he will soon rest with his fathers, but even more importantly, be with the Lord. He knows that soon. So let's read chapter 29, verses 1 through 9. Furthermore, so it's an add-on to what we were just talking about. David said to all the assembly, My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. And the work is great, because the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. Did you hear that? Did you listen to that? The work is great, not because it's for man, but it's because of God. And we talked about this last week where we always want to do our very best for God. I don't want to ever give him anything less than my best. And sometimes I do it, it bothers me. It just bothers me. I want to give him my very, very best. And this is what David says. that that the work is great because the temple's not for man, it's for God. And he's telling the people of Israel this. Now the house of my God, I love that, Once again, he says, the house of my God, remember he wanted Solomon to follow his God. Remember, I want you to follow my God. I have prepared with all my might gold things to be made of gold. Well, thank you, David. Silver things to be made of silver, bronze things of bronze, iron things of iron, wood things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones and marble slabs in abundance. Moreover, Because I have set my affection on the house of my God, David really wanted to build this house. He was so willing and wanting to do anything he could to build this house for God. It was so important to him. I think we should have that in our heart too because Paul tells the Corinthians that we are the house of God. We are the house of God. We're the temple of God and the Holy Spirit dwells within us. It says something for exercise. It says something for keeping ourselves healthy. It says something for that, you know, doing the best for God. He says, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver, 3,000 talents of gold, the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses The gold things for gold and the silver things for silver and all the kinds will be done by the hands of the craftsmen. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Who's willing, David said, to set yourself apart, to concentrate yourself to the Lord for this work? Who's willing? See, if you want to work for the Lord, you need to consecrate yourself. You need to set yourself apart. You need to get yourself ready to work for the Lord. You need to do that. David says, Then the leaders and the fathers, houses and leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds, with the officers over the king's work, offered willingly, they gave the work of the house of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 darts of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones, they gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord into the hand of Jahil the Gershonite. And then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also rejoiced greatly. I love this. I really like this. He knew it was a great work, and he knew it was going to require a lot of things, so he wanted Solomon to have all the help he could get. Again, it was a great work because it was for God. Any work, great or small, when it's for God, should be done exactly for God's glory. We should never minimize anything we do. I prepared it with all my might. He was certainly true. David did so much to get this thing. Land, location, money, materials, staff, workers, plans, organized, everything he did for the temple. David gave everything he had to do this beautiful, beautiful work. He also gave all his affection. You know, it's one thing to give yourself materially. One thing to give yourself physically, you know, to work it's one thing to put yourself out there and work, 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 work. But are you given of your heart affection? Are you given it of your heart? Is your heart in the right place when you do that? Because if you're doing it and your heart's not in the right place, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Your relationship with God is not right. You should be doing it willingly and out of love for God. Why? Look what he did for you. I mean, look what all he did for you on that cross. So, We know it. I've given it to the house of God. I've given it because I love the house of God, and I love God. We give and support what we love. Where your treasure is, your heart is also, Matthew says in 6.21. David specifically used the phrase, house of my God, to emphasize it's a personal thing. When you are personally involved, it's a difference. It's a difference. I hope that you're personally involved in this church. I hope you feel like it's yours. I hope you feel like you belong. And that's important that you do that. It's important. David said, I have such a connection with God that I take this so personally. And I want this to be the best that it could possibly be. You're my God. And I love you. And I want everything I do to be perfect for you. For you. And that was David's heart. So I've prepared the holy house. He loved God so much that he gave everything he had. David did an enormous amount of preparation, yes. And he gathered all the resources. But he gave even more and more. He gave over and above the measure that was given. And then he says, willingly consecrate yourself. And that's the key. That's the key. We can't drag you up here and have marks in the sand as your fingers held on as we drug you up here to consecrate yourself. You've got to consecrate yourself willingly. Everything you do for the Lord has to be a willing sacrifice. You have to willingly do it. David brought up his own giving, especially over and above. He used an occasion, and here he was challenging his fellow Israelites, say, hey, consecrate yourself and see what God will do. See what God wants to do with you. He knew, as we discussed last week, he knew the importance of giving the people to take ownership of this temple. It would be God's temple, his house, but it would also be theirs. Just like this place here is Calvary Chapel, Cape May. But if you tithe regularly and you give to this church, it's yours too. It belongs to you. It belongs to all of us collectively. We're a family here. It belongs to God first and foremost, but we have ownership also. And it's a beautiful thing. So it's good to give that way. The leaders offered willingly, again, from their heart. The people found it easy to give when they saw the greatness of the value And maybe when you look around here, you see what we're doing. You see some of the things It's easy to give to the Lord because you're really giving to the Lord. You're giving it to the Lord. And then what did they do? They rejoiced. I love that. They rejoiced. They they praised God, and and they, they took their hearts and offered them to God. And the people found that it was joyful to give so generously to God. God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver, and we give from our heart. God recognizes that. God recognizes it when we give from our heart. And then David, once again, goes into this psalm of praise. This beautiful, beautiful psalm of praise. David then goes in, and I'm going to read the entire thing, then we'll go back and look at it a little bit, because it's so beautiful. Once again, you can see how the Spirit is really working in David's heart. Verse 10, Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty, and all that is in heaven and earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. For we are aliens and pilgrims before you, as were our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. Our Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now with joy, I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. O oh, Lord God of Abraham. Isaac and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the intent and the thoughts of the heart of your people, and fix their heart towards you, and give my son Solomon a loyal heart to keep your commandments and your testimonies and your statues to do all these things, and to build the temple for which I have made provision. Then David said to all the assembly, Now bless the Lord your God. So all the assembly blessed the Lord God of their fathers and bowed their heads and prostrated themselves before the Lord and the king. This must have been a sight. Can you imagine what this looked like? I have an idea of what it looked like. It just came to me. I have an idea of what it looked like. In October of 1997, October of 1997, about eight or nine guys got in a car, and we drove down to Washington, D.C., and we got to the mall, and it was the Promise Keepers. The Promise Keepers had their assembly down there, and they estimated to be about two million men, and they had Great big screens where they had worship music and all this kind of stuff. And it was incredible. I got a picture back there to show you. It shows the entire crowd right there on the mall right there. It was wonderful. But it was McCarthy from Colorado Buffaloes, the coach, came up. And he was the leader of, of Promise Keepers. And he got up there and he said... Men, it's time for us to get right with God. It's time for us to get repentant with God and ask for forgiveness of our sin. So let's get on our faces. Two million men fell down and on their faces. Every one of us was out prostrate, out like this on the ground, giving praise to God. It was the most incredible thing i would ever seen in my entire life. That's what I imagine this looked like. That's what I imagine this looked like. Everybody down, because that's what prostrate means. Prostrate means laying flat on your face with your hands out like this, with your face down. Prostrate before the Lord. I loved it. That just sent chills up my spine. I remember that day. That was incredible. That was incredible. David blesses the Lord before the assembly. Now, you know, he can't bless the Lord because the greater is supposed to bless the lesser. But remember, we said in blessing the Lord, you're honoring him. You're giving glory that's due his name. You're being reverent to him by blessing him. It's praising and rejoicing at his name. It wasn't for the wealth that came up. It was demonstrated for the heart. Remember, we don't worship the Lord except with our heart. What did Jesus said? You worship him in spirit and truth. We worship him with our heart. This is where worship comes from. It may come out of here. It may come out of when we sing it or when we praise them, when we tell them we love them, but it should be right here. It should well up in you and come out that way.
0: You've been listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave has been making his way through the book of 1 Chronicles. I don't know about you, but the first thing I think of with this book is history, ancient history. I think of the stories of King David, but as I read through it today, I noticed how many verses there are that proclaim the goodness of God and give Him glory. Verses like 1 Chronicles 16, 29-31, which say, Ascribe to the Lord the glory do His name, bring an offering and come before Him, worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness, tremble before Him. All the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, The Lord reigns. David had brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, and the first response he and the people had to the presence of God was to worship Him. We want to be worshipers just like David was, and you're invited to join us. A Sure Hope comes to you out of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. And if you're in the area, we would love to worship God together with you this weekend. Our services are held at 8.30 and 10.30 on Sunday morning. You can find all the information you need at assurehoperadio.com. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. And if you can't make it in person, we stream our services live to Facebook and YouTube. That's all for today, but we hope to see you again next time as we rest together in a sure hope.